Hello there. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 38th episode of Star Wars in a Galaxy, watching all the Star Wars we can get our hands on. This is also the premiere of Season 5 of Star Wars in a Galaxy. Holy cow. We're getting into a new era, except for not really, because we're still doing the Clone Wars. Um, I'm Cad Bane. <laughs> this joke's and never gonna I'm, end. I'm Cato City. <laughs> so what you're saying is you're the Zam Wessel of this operation. Um, yes, I'm the Zam Wessel of this operation. Although Cato anyway, I'm is Eli. more powerful. I'm Jacob. <laughs> and uh, welcome back to Star Wars in the Galaxy, watching all the Star Wars we can get our hands on. I already said that. Um, this week, we watched the premiere episodes of Season 2 of Star Wars The Clone Wars, Holocron Heist, Cargo of Doom, and Children of the Force. Um, and th- we got some action-packed stuff in here, so I think we should just get into it. What do you think, Jacob? Uh, yeah, so we start off in Episode 1. Holocron Heist. Episode 1, yeah, Holocron Heist. Um, fortune Cookie. Fortune Cookie is, a lesson learned is a lesson earned. I mean, I guess I didn't really like this. I felt like it didn't really communicate anything interesting. It didn't really give too much of a philosophical focal point for what the audience should be searching for, focusing on beyond what we could already pretty easily see. So I wasn't a huge fan, but you know, um, the lesson, the only lesson I learned from this is what it is. The only lesson I learned from this is just because their episodes are getting better doesn't mean their fortune cookies are getting better. The fortune um, cookies seem to be very, very shaky. These, they're these they're up and down. It depends on the episode. Um, this one didn't hit me as well. It seemed a little corny. Um, it didn't really do anything for me. I agree with you. Um, but, you know, the fortune cookie, as with this episode, in my opinion, doesn't make the episode. This episode, in my opinion, is still an extremely strong episode without, like, needing a fortune cookie. You know what I mean? um yeah yeah i agree uh, um, um okay so we open on felucia this is kind of a big moment for ahsoka you know we, we see the ships break through ahsoka's on top of the tank she's pushing forwards but then obi-wan and anakin are saying we have to retreat you have to you have to get in our gunship we gotta go and that that becomes a source of conflict um ahsoka of course doesn't want to go she's saying no we've got him on the run yeah. master anakin anakin told me never ever retreat when the clankers are on the run but then i think she says of course, tinnies. never, tinnies. Yeah, never when the tinnies hold back the when the tinnies are on the run um, and then of course as soon as as soon as she gets on the ship when she finally complies the droids like pop out of the trees from yeah. all sides 360 degrees and her tank completely blows up yeah so i think it's an important moment for ahsoka we kind of see her learn some humility and it's interesting that we start to see her just like in the ryloth arc is another example of her um kind of something that is a catalyst for her gaining some more maturity you know we see her directly have to face the actions and and kind of live it down in front of the jedi council and we 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 see or i guess she sees that her actions and her when she tunnel visions and when she makes mistakes that can directly lead to other people getting killed so it's a very heavy moment but it's a very good moment for her i actually really like the fact that she has to learn the same lesson as in storm over i actually really like that i think you know i think you know every character is a weakness and i think um and every character has many weaknesses that's what makes them interesting characters and ahsoka 
you know, is a very, for me, and a very interesting character, one of my favorite characters. And one of her weaknesses right now is a lot of hot-headedness, which, yeah. to her credit, you know, when it works, it works. When it fails, it fails badly. So, yeah, I, yeah. It's a lot like her master, really. Um, yeah, I completely agree. Um, I I feel like... I, I feel like it is good that she's learning the same lesson twice. Like, that that's how people work. It's not as though, in, in terms of thinking about character development, how to make a character move forward and change over time, and in terms of, like real life how how people work it's it's not realistic to just say oh one they and done like yeah, they yeah. have this one big thing like ahsoka it's not realistic to say oh she's gonna have this one big thing at ryloth and then all of a sudden we she's gonna like jump up to the next level and just become super on it like model jedi yeah. very very skilled very confident very uh very smart with her abilities and and how she treats others and the people following her so i think it kind of makes her more relatable and it makes the story more satisfying to kind of see that gradual progression and that's that's one thing that's really great about the corners is like the gradual progression with ahsoka it's not just a like the, really, they, the creators really yeah, the creators said. really put the time in to slowly bring about change for her rather than just rather than just all at once yeah, that's what I think is a strength of the show is, like, you know, we get to see Din change over time and the Mandalorian. We get to see Ahsoka change over time in The Clone Wars. We get to see Ezra change over time in uh, Rebels. And we get to see Kaz change over time in Resistance. Um, it's the long form of storytelling is quite an advantage in that regard. Um, yeah, one of the one things, more thing, if yeah. I can just say one more Go thing ahead. before I move on. I think it makes it more realistic, too, because... Not only is it more gradual, but it's like two steps forward, one step back at times, yeah. you know? It's not Absolutely. a linear progression. Like, no, it is a struggle. And that is something that enhances the show greatly. Yeah. When when you have the time to do that with a show. Um, so a awesome. couple of things Absolutely from Felucia awesome. that I loved. Um, so uh, Obi-Wan's like, your Padawan's not following orders. And Anakin says, is she winning? Which is the most Anakin thing I've ever heard anybody say ever. It's like, Anakin, like, is still, like, it, it's made very evident in that line that he hasn't learned the lesson fully either. That he is still learning what his Padawan is learning as well, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah, it's, uh, that's a funny one. Moving on. We have the heist. Get our introduction to one of the most major villains of the Clone Wars animated series. Not in Hostage Crisis, but in this episode, chronologically speaking. The Duros bounty hunter, Cad Bane. I really like Cad Bane. I really hate Cad Bane. Because, on, no, on an emotional level, I, I hate him. I dislike him. But as a character, I like him because he's one of the few characters, I think, in the Clone Wars where... He really outsmarts the Jedi, and he really will like, get under their skin, get in their heads, really outplay them and manipulate them. And then there's never any, or usually there, there's no get out of jail card for you. There's no haha, but really the Jedi were 
like working Cad Bane the whole time. No, like he's actually really smart and he's actually really threatening. And that's really yeah. fun to see how that plays out for me. I think I have a mall blind spot a little bit for Cad Bane. I'm, I'm not sure what it is. There's just something about his voice and like how he conducts himself that irks me. It's not such to a point of Maul where it's like, Maul, I will hand him absolutely no credit for anything he does. Cad Bane, I will absolutely hand him credit when I think the credit's deserved. There's just an itch about Cad Bane for me. I don't know what it is. I, I gotta say, though, the introduction of Cad Bane, Kevin Kiner's music, the lighting, the animation, is just perfect. Yeah, it it's is pretty great. just perfect. Um... This is one of my favorite, like, I gotta say, this whole sequence with the beginning of Cad Bane and Sidious, and then later uh, Cato Parasati and um, uh, Order Innocence, that, this whole sequence is maybe my favorite sequence in any of the three episodes. Because of, you know, we talked about this and on our episode reviewing Trespass. Tone. This is not a kid's show. We are maybe six minutes into this show, this episode, and there's already a dead Jedi on the floor. Yeah. This it's... guy means business. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, I think, yeah, well, Toto 360 also. Oh. In, like, if we're talking about Tone, he's hilarious. Yeah, like, actually, do you know who voices? 360 or 180 from where Cad Bane kind of takes it. Who voices Toto 360? Is someone I should know? Uh, actually, you should know this. Um, like, no, I'm like, it's okay, you know, but like, it's a fun thing to know. Um, Toto 360 is voiced by Seth Green. Oh. Um, Seth Green is, uh, one of the creators of, and I kid you not, Robot Chicken. <laughs> and so, Filoni saw Green doing some robot chicken stuff, including some Star Wars robot chicken stuff. Um, and, uh, he, he's, he's looked at him and was like, I need a comedic role for this episode. And so he got Seth Green to do Toto 360. And, um, I gotta say, that casting choice was impeccable. It was yeah, a definitely. great casting choice. I loved it, beginning to end. Um, it was, yeah, I, I wrote several times in my notes, Seth Green as Toto's 360 is precious. Um, yeah, Toto 360 in this episode is great, is awesome. So you're, Actually, you're a huge, you're even more of a Toto 360 fan than I am. My I, favorite thing about Toto 360 is the fact that he has legs and a jetpack. And yet you still see him use, like, a built-in unicycle to wheel around. That is the best part He can part do anything. He, do, he, he can, does it all. He does he can, it all. He can do anything, that Toto 360. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I always, like, and, like, the break-in sequence with Cad Bane and Toto 360 and Kato Parasati disguising herself as Orda Innocence um, and later Jocasta New is fantastic. I love them, like, breaking into the temple. It's this, like... Actually, that's one of the other things I love about this episode. You know, usually in a clo in your standard Clone Wars arc up to this point, the Jedi would go to a planet, and the shenanigans would happen there. This is on the Jedi's home turf. 
you don't expect a Clone Wars episode to be happening on in the Jedi Temple because who would want anything in the Jedi Temple? Why would there be a reason to go there? I know. I think it makes it so much more impactful also that the Jedi are kind of beaten, outsmarted, and spun around by Cad Bane yes. on their, literally, their home turf. Yeah. You know? Um... I actually like so there's there was this comment made about the new canon um about how much it likes to focus on um bringing in new types of force users um other than Jedi and Sith. Related to that, I also noticed that Clone Wars and the and a lot of new canon stuff, I know Clone Wars wasn't made for the new canon, but it is now part of the new canon. I know how Clone Wars, you know, um, like, Cad Bane is lowering the Jedi down, and I realized that a lot of the stuff I feel like the new canon's done in its expanded media outside of the movies is it's tried its very hardest not to make the Jedi and Sith superheroes. It doesn't want to turn into Marvel here. It doesn't want to turn into DC here. The Jedi are not superheroes. The Jedi can be beaten. Like, in a later episode, I think this is in Season 3, Obi-Wan and Quinlan Voss, two very skilled Jedi Masters, go hand-to-hand combat and lightsaber dueling with Cad Bane, and none of them die. Not even Bane. He's a bounty hunter. He's facing two very, very skilled Jedi Masters, Obi-Wan and Quinlan Voss. Gets away. The Jedi are not superheroes. They can't do everything you know what i mean yeah absolutely definitely absolutely true um yeah this episode you know i i love the uh the break-in scenes but it was kind of confusing a lot of it the seeming ease with which cad bane toto 360 cato parasiti managed to to do what they did like it was kind of sad that Ko in disguise like was so rude to ahsoka and ahsoka just wasn't surprised and didn't didn't think any of uh, anything of it like maybe the jedi aren't all they're cracked up to be <laughs> mm. no i actually agree no, with you i weird. actually loved how easy it was i loved how because you expect it to be hard you'd yeah. expect this episode you could make this episode into an arc of its own like legitimately you can make three episodes and they could be good episodes about Cad Bane sneaking in the Jedi Temple. All the security precautions, all the stuff. In fact, there is even an I- there is even an arc in the Clone Wars in season four, I'm pretty sure, about bounty hunters planning a huge heist. Yeah. Um, it's the box arc with the Crisis on Naboo and all those episodes. Great episodes. Um, love those episodes. Uh, my point. My point is. The ease in which Cad Bane gets into the Jedi Temple is kind of refreshing, I actually gotta say. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting to see, you know, the Jedi letting their guard down a little bit. I also love, I don't know if you noticed um, Yoda's, uh, like, what was Yoda's role in this episode? It was to deliver cryptic statements to everyone and not actually do anything. And I love Yoda. Yoda's my favorite Star Wars character. But he acted like an idiot this episode yeah the whole all the jedi acted like idiots this episode they were so they were absolutely (laughs) fixated on the communication center it's like they forgot that the holocrons and the archives are also incredibly 
incredibly valuable. Yeah. But then again, I do got to give Bane and mostly Sidious some credit here. Sidious gets all the credit in the world for this because, you know, if you got to steal a holocron from the Jedi Temple, what holocron are you going to steal? You're not going to steal a Jedi holocron from the Temple. You're going to steal a Sith one. If a dark side user comes in, what would they want with a Jedi holocron? You know what I mean? Um, is yeah. the common assumption. I'm, I like, of course, that ep- this holocron heist is the episode that contradicts this. But you know what I'm trying to say. One thing I want to bring up on this is, you know, we see Cato Parasity. Do you think it's Cato Parasity or Cato? I don't know if they say her name. I think I heard Cato in the episode. But... All right, Cato. So we Cato Parasity now. She's a changeling. But here's what I don't understand. How does she change her clothes completely, her whole appearance, because it looks like there is some type of hologram technology in play, you know? We see kind of the the cycling blue lines at times in her appearance when she's disguised. And it, it's it's not like what Zam Wessel is doing, where it's just her clothes. Like, you know, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. What do you what do you think that is? I don't know I, how that. I think this is like Star know. Wars logic. I think it works because the plot needs. Yeah, it to work. I think it's. I think it's just one of those Star Wars ex machina. Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I don't have an answer for it yet. I also love the fact that not even Toto knows a bomb strapped to his back. Like that's how yeah, ruthless Cad Bane yeah. is. He doesn't even let the droid know a bomb strapped to his back. Yeah, I mean. That to me makes sense, but like, yeah, yeah. Again, it's just interesting how he completely fools and pulls one over on these incredibly strong, perceptive Jedi masters. You know, yeah, Crazy. it's absolutely nuts. Yeah. Um. Let's see. I don't think I have anything else for this episode. What did you think about it overall? Um, I liked it. I actually, um, so the notes I wrote, this episode was super strong. I definitely feel like we're in a new era of the Clone Wars, and I dig that. Uh, yeah, I really liked this episode. This episode was very solid. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, I, I didn't really, I didn't really like this episode as much, to be honest. I, I wasn't really feeling it. I, I thought it felt kind of meandering, kind of sluggish. Almost uh, parts of it almost felt gratuitous. I want to say I felt like the Jedi Council just felt like as as thrilling as it was to see Cad Bane kind of outsmarting everyone. The Jedi Council did seem overly lethargic, and after the Felucia sequence, I feel like it all it, it didn't really feel like it had much of a a message, which is fine, but it felt like it didn't really connect. Anyways, now I guess I was hoping that they would kind of continue Ahsoka's arc. Yeah, in, I get in that. The, uh, in this episode, but I do think we see that more later on. So, uh, not all is lost. All, all is not lost. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I guess Let's, on to the next. Cargo of Doom. Fortune Cookie reads: Overconfidence is the most dangerous form of carelessness. I, in my opinion, this is... Because I'm, I'm torn on this one. This one's a much better one, in my opinion, than the last one. The oh, yeah, last much one better just than kind the of ma- made what, no sense to me. 
Um, this one, again, this episode, I'm going to spoil this for you. Cargo of Doom is probably my least favorite of the three. Um, and that has almost nothing to do with, like, a lot of the plot elements. A lot of the plot elements, um, felt fine to me. Um, I get annoyed ep on episodes that don't really take place on a planet. It feels less grounded to me. Um, like, I know it technically takes place over Deveron, but, like, that's why episodes like Storm over Ryloth or Cat and Mouse don't really gel with me because they all take place in space, and I feel like a lot of the tension is lost, personally, for me. Um, but anyway, overconfidence is the most dangerous form of carelessness. We see several people in this episode, uh, mostly Ahsoka, though, get overconfident, and when they're so overconfident, when they're so arrogant about their plans succeeding, they often miss things. They, they don't, they don't, again, they don't care anymore. They're careless. Overconfidence is the greatest form of carelessness. They miss things that inevitably blow up their plans in their face. Definitely, I definitely agree. I think I'm a little torn because on the one hand, it feels the statement itself of the fortune cookie feels like a bit of a non-starter and something that's very situational. But I do think that in, in terms of this arc and this episode, it definitely rings true. So overall, I liked it. You know, we definitely see this in the attack on Bane's ship, you know, the ATTE plan, you know, it seems cool, but it really shows how thrown together the attack obviously is. And I think the overconfidence comes when Anakin makes the call to attack because he assumes that his abilities and his leadership and his unconventional strategies will be enough to overcome Bane despite not really having, having done any serious planning. But they end up getting totally worked and Ahsoka almost dies for it. And, yeah. and then Anakin is also overconfident in his abilities when he foregoes destroying the ship to destroy the holocron with it because he wants to bring it back to the temple himself. And, you know, we also see this with Ahsoka going after Bane alone and paying the price. Yep. So definitely a good fortune cookie. And there's definitely more of a, more of a lesson uh, here and more to, more to, more to discuss. So one of the things off the bat in the narration, opening narration, we've seen, that Cad Bane is already after the keeper of the memory crystal, um, a Jedi master by the name of Bola Ropal. I, in my head, he went after Bola Ropal at the beginning of the episode, but I did not remember that he already had him by the opening narration, and I love that. The, again, I love this arc with Cad Bane, even though I don't like Cad Bane much, because the arc makes it very clear that even though Cad Bane does not have, like, lightsaber usage, and he's not a Jedi, and he doesn't have the Force, that he, if anything, that only makes him stronger because he has to work around it. Uh, that he is not somebody to be messed around with um, just because he doesn't have the Force. Um, a question I do have for you is, and this is something that's genuinely confusing for this episode, Jacob, I'm going to ask you a very simple question, and you tell me what you think is the answer for this, okay? Okay. Who is Cat Bane working for? I don't.
I assume Darth Sidious. We see him talking to Darth Sidious. Yeah, of, co- of, of course, because we see him talking to, talking to Darth Sidious. The thing I'm confused about is, why is all the Separatist stuff? That's a good question. I mean, I think it's because he gets lent the fleet by a... Uh, and, and clearly it's something that uh, Sidious is facilitating where he's... Because, you know, obviously we see in his in Cad Bane's conversation with Newt Gunray, Newt Gunray is not happy about handing over five of his ships to, to Cad Bane. So I think that definitely Sidious had a hand in making that happen. So yeah, I think that that's just the seems, connection. It seems weird to have an arc like this completely disassociated from Dooku. Yeah, it does a little bit. But, you know, we have seen... I mean, to be fair, Newt Gunray, for, think of the Phantom Menace. Newt Gunray has been in touch with Sidious before Count Dooku was ever a part of the picture. Yeah. So it makes sense that Sidious might, might, might in some cases, not go through Dooku, just go directly yeah. to, um, to Gunray if he really, he really needs something to happen and he doesn't yeah. want Gunray to kind of play fast and play fast yeah. and loose with him or, or maybe be a little stingy. You know, we, we know Gunray's probably, he's a greed, very greedy businessman. He probably would cheap out and try and give him a ship with like a broken engine or something. Who knows? You know? Yeah. I, I would agree with you other than the separatist emblems on the ship. Like that makes it a little worky from, again, like they're separatist ships. Yes. They're probably made by the trade federation, but at this point, they're separatists, so it. Feels yeah, a that just strange. plays into the that just plays into the narrative of, like this, uh, like the whole idea. That the trade federation keeps pushing that oh no we're not part of the separatists no, you can't you can't go after us, no yeah. republic don't do this like it it's not really, that, true. Yeah, um, and let's it's not talk. That relevant. Actually, I'm excited about this because we haven't done this for a while because. The Clone Wars doesn't have that many compared to, like, the prequels, for example. We got a meme in this episode. We got a meme in Cargo of Doom. What meme are you recognize talking about? It? I don't think I do. Uh, do you recognize the take this shit and get out meme? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I saw that. I noticed that. <laughs> I didn't think of that because the line, of course, doesn't exist. But, yeah. The, yeah. Totally, but like, totally, totally. <laughs> that's this episode. <laughs> Uh, if you I, guys I aren't aware, we're that. talking about the meme where uh, Captain Rex uh, uh, points at something and then points back. And then it's a different line of the episode, but the line of commonly associated with the meme is take this shit and get out. Yeah, that, that was pretty funny. I don't know how I don't know how the the caption came about, because obviously we're in season two. This is on Cartoon Network. Dave Filoni would never. No. But, uh, but here we are. Yeah. But here we are. Anyway, um, so let's get to Bola Ropal. He yeah. is tortured and killed. By that Duke, is dark. By like, I just want to. I just want to say that's that's pretty crazy for. Yeah. For this stage of. The Not Clone a kids show. Not a kids. I mean, it is a kids show, but it's also it's also kind of crazy, you know. Yeah. But, and here we go with another one of my logistical problems because it has to come back. Okay. You no, know, my question is right. 
I don't know a crystal. You got the future of the Jedi Order in a crystal. Yeah. And you spe- and you send one guy to guard it. One Jedi. Exactly one. I mean, maybe this goes back to the Jedi just being a little bit too traditional, a little bit overconfident, and maybe that maybe that's kind of making them making them complacent, you know? Yeah, but like still, you maybe they're not like... willing to adapt to the realities of the Clone Wars and the Sith really being back. Yeah, but that's what I would. That's how I would yeah. rationalize. You gotta it. wonder, though. Um... Yeah, you gotta wonder. <laughs> One thing that I noticed about that episode. And this is going back to my 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 newly forming obsession, which is more evidence for a battle droid society. Which oh, is I didn't think that was where you were going. Sounds. The battle droid sounds sad and changes his tone of voice when they when the battle droid has to tell Cad Bane that the the Jedi is dead or says something like they have stopped functioning or something. But they are no longer functioning. I this B one genuinely sounds sad. Like if if they if that it doesn't say that they can move beyond their programming, I don't know what it does. Like there's no reason whatsoever. For the Nemoidians to program emotions into the battle droids, it would it could only be a weakness. Also, I want to uh, mention this one to you. I'm pretty sure you mentioned this a couple episodes back in some battle droid humor thing. And I'm like, wait till Cargo of Doom till we get to this. Well, it's Cargo of Doom, and we got into this. Hey, it's a Jedi. Wait, look, there are three of of us, and only one of him. It won't matter. Yeah, I was gonna say that is. <laughs> the most iconic b1 line ever it's it's amazing also a couple things eli you're gonna like this i know i know you you always love to ask the question of what's your favorite uh it's like poetry it rhymes moment well i found one of mine anakin is saying to ahsoka when ahsoka runs after cad bane ahsoka we'll take him together i wrote that down too that is such a great moment because it, it's so interesting seeing Anakin become the mentor yes. after Attack of the Clones. And, you know, it's it's interesting that we see him kind of we kind of reap what he, he sows. Maybe not literally, but in sort of a, a karmic, like, sense, you know? We end up having Ahsoka running off and doing all this stuff. So that was just a... A cool moment to see kind of it felt a little bit like the generations were kind of yeah. we're kind of shifting in a way and we see anakin start to realize maybe what a, what a pain he had been for obi-wan yeah but then but then of course we kind of we we kind of see that regress again that dynamic go back to where it was in attack of the clones more towards revenge of the sith and we, we see more of that resentment. There's also um, there's also that thing that popped up in my head from that episode Dooku captured, where Ahsoka and Anakin are bickering about something, and Obi Wan go uh, and and Anakin goes to Obi Wan anytime, and Obi Wan goes, "No, I'm enjoying this far too much," um, which shows Anakin finally having to embrace being the mentor, and Obi Wan just kind of sitting back, letting Anakin do his thing, which I love. Yeah, that, that that is always the funniest moments when when we see Anakin getting flustered over, over like Ahsoka being headstrong or disobeying him, and then turning around and Obi Wan's just right there smirking, 
I think the yeah. fact that Obi-Wan's always just there and he's always looking at Anakin and kind of winking at him is is one very underrated way that he earns his title of master of trolling. Of trolling yeah. He, he always just he always just shows up at the moments when Anakin gets like most when Anakin is getting the most disrespected by Ahsoka, you know what I mean? Yeah. He, he has a way of just making himself present in those moments. There are a couple other things um, from Cargo of Doom that I am interested in. Um, the first one is this idea of Cad Bane using the literal ship they are on as a weapon. Yeah, that's pretty That's cool. crazy. That's, like, really cool. I love that. As much as I think this episode is the weakest of the three um, episodes, uh, that is a really underrated part of this episode. Like, he literally uses the ship as a weapon. He disables the gravity. Like, that's pretty wild. Yeah, that, like, that to me, the, the, that whole thing was so cool. That whole fight where we have the zero gravity and multiple kind of dimensions, that was a that was a pretty kick butt scene. I, I absolutely yeah. love that. It was like even though so much of Star Wars happens in space, we almost never see like a zero gravity, a microgravity action scene. I think the only other example I can think of is well, there, there's a couple other examples in Clone. The only other examples I can think of, yeah, are are one scene when they're stealing the encryption chip from the separatists oh, yeah. in the D Squad arc. And then yeah. in Spark of Rebellion, the first uh, the first of Rebels. So it's a really rare thing, and I, I enjoy it. Yeah. I enjoy it. They use it well. They sure. use it sparsely. Um, here's another um, parallel. If we're talking about parallels, um, Rex um, and uh, Anakin and the Republic are wandering around the Separatist ship. They're looking for... Um, and Rex, and it's very dark, and Rex bumps his head on a pole. Um, uh, yeah. which, which mirrors uh, his uh, his template, Django Fett doing the exact same thing in Attack of the Clones, which itself mirrors the Stormtrooper bumping his head on the opening door in A New Hope. Wait, when does Django do that in Attack of the Clones? What? When they're when the Slave One is leaving Kamino. Oh my gosh! Django's no getting on the Slave One. And he bumps his head on the door. Overall, I thought that Cargo of Doom was a lot more enjoyable than Holocron Heist. I disagree, oh. but okay. Oh, how come? You, um, I, I think they're I I like them mostly the same. I'd say Cargo of Doom is ninety eight percent as good as Holocron Heist. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the entire episode being on a ship, honestly. Just that's just it for me. Um, but you know that's. Um, that's actually a second episode, what often happens in an arc for me. The first episode's very good, the second episode slips a little bit. Um, uh, and I found there's two patterns. Either the third episode is the best, or the third episode slips a little bit more for me. Yeah. Um, and I'm not gonna spoil which one. So far, I feel like I'm, I'm loving this episode. Not Holocron Heist, but, uh, Cargo of Doom. I just feel like it had more. It felt like it had more direction. It had more of a message. Overall, I just found it, yeah, just, just more interesting. Okay, Should we go no, on I, to I, uh, Children yeah. of the Force? Children of the Force. Actually, let me just spoil this here before we get to the fortune cookie. Children of the Force is my favorite of these three. 
I um, I think it's my second favorite. Yeah, I I'll I'll tell you why at the end it's my favorite, but um just going into it is my favorite. Uh, but the fortune cookie. Let me tell you this: it's not my favorite. Um, the first step to correcting a mistake is patience. Yeah, I I don't know about this fortune cookie. To be honest, it, I don't know. Did do you do you have any observations about it? Because I kind of I kind of couldn't really come up with anything. Yeah, me either. Honestly, it feels like like um. It's ironic that the, it says the first step to correcting a mistake is patience, because I feel like, and this is one of the strengths of the episode, the last thing this episode has is patience. You know what I mean? It zips around the galaxy from one planet to another on basically what is a scavenger hunt. And that is, in, in my opinion, one of the greatest strengths of this episode. But it's ironic to me that it does that and preaches about patience. Yeah, I mean, to be, yeah, to, that is true. However, to be fair, I think we should consider that they, the fortune cookie may have a point, you know, first in our last episode in Cargo of Doom, we see Anakin recklessly leading a frantic attack to like a pretty desperate attempt to get the holocron back and it backfires horribly. You know, Ahsoka almost gets sucked into space, you know, obviously terrible situation. But then this episode, you know, we see it. We, they start off with just the Jedi just meditating and taking their time and planning out their next move. And, we, and, we, and even we see that even with Anakin and Ahsoka, you know, they're, they're not still charging around the galaxy. They're, they're taking time to examine Bane's ship. So I think maybe it does have a bit of merit, but it's not the strongest I, I actually say. that's I think one of the biggest weaknesses of the um this uh fortune cookie it almost feels more like a fortune cookie for last episode than this one. Um really? Cuz I feel like yeah. the mistakes the way I see it the mistakes were made last episode and this episode is kind of correcting the mistakes. Yeah, and and then I think the lesson that they learn is that look, Bane may be able to outsmart us, but he relies on you know can you he just relies on confusion tactics on subterfuge on keeping the jedi off balance but then the jedi are saying like he's like not if we can yeah we can unravel this he's not the smartest he, guy alive yeah he he's like we can fooled. yeah they just say we can unravel this if i don't think that's exactly right what you said either, because you know obviously cad Bane, they did underestimate him they say oh, as long as we don't underestimate him, but as long as we realize that that you know we just have to take our time, then we can yeah. figure this out. And I and I think that it, yeah, they're they're basically finding out as long as they don't get flustered, as and as long as they keep their cool, they can do it because that's that's really what Bane relies on, you know, like he relies yeah. on making Ahsoka see red so that Ahsoka will run after him and then he can zap her or or like you know like getting the jedi to act recklessly so you can split them up yeah um so this episode does something in a narrative device that we don't see a lot in star wars but i love this episode is one of the only star wars tv tv episodes off the top of my head 
which includes a little bit of the last episode in the episode itself. Yeah, that's pretty because interesting. the scene at the end of Cargo of Doom with Anakin and Ahsoka, we see from a different perspective back in the shuttle with Rex and the clones, which is very rare. It doesn't happen. Like I don't, I can't think of a single other. And of course, I'm sure if we put this out there, people are gonna say, "Oh, this episode, these two episodes of Clone Wars, or these two episodes of Rebels, or these two episodes of Resistance." But Am I like, can you think of anything? No, I, I can't, yeah. Yeah, um, which is um, which is pretty cool. Um, and so we get our twist, we get our twist of this arc, which is, I think, a really great twist, which is that Cad Bane was so cunning, he managed to disguise himself as one of the clones, escaping the crashing Separatist Dreadnought, and... Um, being able to um, basically uh, disguise himself and infiltrate the Republic ranks to get that holocron back. Okay, um, this, yeah, I need. Is, it's rant time. This is something that upsets me to no really? end. Yeah, here's why. Here's why. Admiral Yalorin might just be the most punchable, annoying character for this in the Clone Wars. Anakin radios go, him and says, lock down, like, lock down the hyperspace rings, lock them down. And then instead of locking down the hyperspace rings, Yalaren's just like, oh, fro, 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 what can possibly have happened? Yeah. Oh, 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 like, not locking down the rings. And by the time... And then he, he has the time order, to echo C-3PO. Yeah, and by the time... by the Yeah, by the time he has... By the time he gives the order to lock down the rings, it's too late. So by, by not taking Anakin seriously and by being pompous and annoying as he always is yalaran cost the republic a great deal yeah i can see that so that that is rant over but that is yeah that is something that always takes me off i think this is only the second time i've actually watched this episode probably because it kind of ticks me off <laughs> but yeah interesting yeah. uh no uh but and then we get that great shot of Anakin putting his arms, uh, his hands behind his back, like Vader would, yeah, like Vader. which is so chilling. Yeah, I love. There were so many parallels in this episode. It was so good. Yeah. Um. Uh. And Did we, we uh, tore the ship apart. Did you catch that? Uh. There's a line where Anakin says, "We tore the ship apart." I can't oh, remember what happens after, but it's the um. You're saying it parallels uh, Vader in A New Hope. Yeah, Commander, tear, the... tear the ship apart and bring me the peasant. You know that. Yeah, tear the ship you... apart. He says, "Tear the ship apart until you found those planes." Or something to that effect. Oh, and, that's good. And then we see um, Anakin say, "I can't remember the exact line, but you know the one." He says, "Tear the ship apart," but yeah. I, where he says, "We've torn the ship apart, but we found no, we found no uh, yeah. sign of the." We found no sign of the, the Death Star plans are not in the main computer. Yeah, I see yeah. what you're saying. Um, here's another parallel that's not to the past, but it's actually to the future. So when uh, Cad Bane gets to Rhodia, and he manages to to trick his way into getting that first Jedi kid, he takes off with the Jedi kid on his jetpack. Did that remind you of anything? No. It... Budding. Oh, yeah. Da ding. Like, no, but, like, seriously, that shot of Cad Bane launching off with the Rodian 
reminded me of that shot from season two of the Mandalorian. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. You know, when he takes off with the kid, that reminds me of Grogu and Din. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. That's the siege. Yeah, it's the siege is that episode. And then of course we get the infamous interrogation scene, right? Like that. Yes. That scene is. I think that's one of my favorite scenes in all of Star Wars. There's so much to unpack, so many implications about like, are the Jedi just just being evil? Are they overstepping their bounds, or are they like, are they doing what it takes to to protect their future? And it's so chilling. Yeah. Just the music, even before the actual scene when they're just conferring outside of his uh his cell um and and then we hear the music get dark and it's really just different from it's so different from the way like the force is often portrayed by the jedi like this is this is scary this is this is menacing like this is this this is this could have real consequences i'm saying this is so much oh my gosh this could have real consequences you know yeah no i I, I love that scene, but you clearly have a connection to that scene that I don't, so I'm just going to let you, like, you know. Uh, you have anything else? Because I have a weird, subtle thing about that scene that I'm annoyed by. The subtitle, so I watch with subtitles because I'm that guy. Um, and uh, I don't know, but the subtitles, I'm going to type it into the chat. Uh, when, we're, when it says, um, when they're doing, like, the group mind trick, this is what it said. This is what the subtitles say. The subtitles say, in brackets, Jedi's. On Disney Plus, the subtitles Ooh. say Jedi's. Yeah, sometimes Which, sometimes the subtitles have mistakes, you know. Yeah, I know, but like that one annoys me because the plural of Jedi is Jedi, and if anyone should know that, it's the people at Disney Plus. <laughs> um, yeah. But I wonder what could have. Yeah, that's such an interesting question of how that happened because they never, I don't think they say Jedi's with an S anywhere in the script. So, yeah, it it must be a mistake. There are instances of, uh, in Star Wars where characters say the word Jedi's um, as a plural like that, but it's usually people who are not knowledgeable about the Jedi. So, Anakin in The Phantom Menace, he's a nine year old boy. Um, I saw your laser sword. Oh, oh, yeah. the Jedi's carry that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, He's not so knowledgeable okay. about the Jedi. And so, um, yeah. Uh, I actually want to ask you another question. You think anytime Sidious needs anything done, he just goes to Mustafar? Apparently, because I need my laundry done. Send it to Mustafar. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Bro, you're killing me. <laughs> That was so, that was so that was so out of pocket. I I wow. Yeah, I mean it is it is funny how you know Mustafar is a recurring planet, and it's not as if it's like Korriban or Malakor where it's some dark side planet. I mean, as far as we know, but actually it is Sidious because of Korvax. It gets, it gets the... corrupted. Maybe yeah. Sidious loves. Maybe he loves Mustafar because he sees it as the reminder of the dark side's power to kind of destroy and reshape entire worlds. And he uses that as motivation to help him work on the death star and want to have the power of the death star. 
maybe it's maybe it's like his Monday motivation. He's no, like, just, I want to be able to turn any planet into Mustafar if I please, and no one is gonna stop me. You know. Now I'm just imagining the dark version of the Rise of Skywalker, where Ray actually does kill Palpatine, and her and his spirit passes into her. Uh, my granddaughter, we will begin to rule the galaxy. But first, what has happened to the planet of Mustafar? <laughs> oh my gosh! Imagine, wow. But yeah, I love the Mustafar scene. Awesome. It is. Yeah. I absolutely love it. It's so suspenseful. Um, Did you get episode three? Just vibes from everything. It's. It was so weird. Anakin going to Mustafar before that. Like, yeah, I got like Mandalorian vibes almost. The music, I absolutely love the fast, the like high speed kind of staccato snare hi hat thing that they had going on. You know what? You know how in the Mandalorian they have that sometimes. Yeah. It felt like yeah. that, and um, it felt like yeah. that during the scene when they were trying to uh trying to rescue the babies can't figure out what i'm trying to say yeah um even rescue the babies that already sounds like the mandalorian yeah um i love the sequence on mustafar um and uh yeah um i i got a lot of episode three vibes from it um like when they accidentally disable the power on the station on mustafar like that's straight from revenge of the sith um it I love that they went to Mustafar. I love, actually, I love that, you know, we got to see Naboo, the swamps of Naboo. We got to see Rodeo. We got to see Mustafar. We were zipping across the galaxy. They mentioned Glean Selm. We don't see that, but they mention it. Uh, in that little, like, Jedi Council adjournment sequence uh, that we got right there. I love all the zipping around the galaxy we did. Um, and that's, in my opinion, why Children of the Force, I think, is the best of these three. It, um, I wrote my notes, it felt the most weird and unpredictable, and I love that about it. Uh, it felt new and exciting. All three were great, but I'd put children at the top of the list of all three, um, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, what Can you elaborate on that? What did you like about children that made it the best? Again, it's the fact that, you know, it broke the mold of a... Uh, what I love about this arc is it broke the mold of what we thought a Clone Wars arc had to be. Um, you know, usually you're on a planet an episode. Nope, we get like six of them. You, you, you know, usually you got one goal. Nope, we got a whole bunch of them. We got a whole bunch of goals to accomplish. Um, you know, Cad Bane isn't really the villain of this episode. I mean, yeah, he causes some trouble for Jedi, but they're really in his custody for the entire episode if we're really thinking about it. Um, yeah, it, it, it's an unconventional episode, and I love that about it. Um, okay, so I guess I'll start off. Children of the Force, I liked it. I liked it more the second time, you know, on an emotional level, I think. It's never fun to see these episodes sometimes where the characters that you really like and like rooting for just get totally, just kind of totally worked and outsmarted by a villain someone that you really don't like i'm not a fan of of cad bane if i met him i wouldn't like him but so you know but i think it was a good episode i liked i, I liked what they did and i i thought that 
they could have gone deeper into the idea the the moral complexity of the jedi and how they exist and their kind of model of taking children when they're young from their families and i think that when we had cad bane when we had cad bane going in and posing as a jedi and then after obi-wan comes around then then they think that he's the imposter jedi i feel like they could have gone further into that but but overall i thought it was a fun episode but i did like argo of doom better i felt like that episode had the strongest yeah i thought it i thought cargo of doom had the strongest message and kind of the most coherent and uh the most coherent tight and kind of purposeful plot so interesting yeah i i disagree on that i liked um it it goes um children of the force and then um holocron heist and then cargo of doom for me we really disagree wow yeah um, you know, it's all about different tastes. I know, Jacob, you're a huge vehicle fan. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, I like I love the space episode. I know that was something you didn't like, but no, I can't. I, I'm not really a huge fan that. of those. Um, actually, that's what I like about the Clone Wars is it gives us enough of them to satisfy people like you, but it doesn't oversaturate them so people like me get annoyed. Uh, yeah. I so uh, yeah, three very um solid episodes in my opinion. Or I guess not. Um, uh, for you, but yeah, should we get on to the next part of the episode? Everybody's favorite part. What you've brought me today is worth one quarter portion. I was listening to an episode like a while ago of Force Toast, a Star Wars Happy Hour, great podcast by the way. Um, they were doing their trivia and. One of the questions was how many um, portions does Ray, do, is Ray given for his for for first salvage? And I'm like, my time has come. What quarter portion? Time is now, and today <laughs> my time is now. One quarter portion, the variety segment. We have it's a long story. Yeah, the segment where we explain Star Wars very badly to each other, um, and then we guess and what we it is. Do you want to go first? Yeah. I'll go first, I guess. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. A group of people who are the same but different suddenly fa- find they have job insecurity and have to scour the galaxy for new jobs, basically. The same but different find they have job insecurity. Man, I... Is it the is it Order 66? It might have something the to do bones? with that. Is it the the Canaan the Canaan comic where it's we, not we a comic. see a lot of the clones? It's not a comic. Is it the Bad Batch? What are you talking about? The the, the Bad Batch pair. We kind of see the clones in that. The show, yeah, that's yeah. what I was going for. The Bad oh, Batch show. Oh yeah, yeah, nice, From what nice, we know. nice. Same but different. They're clones yeah. of Django Fett, but they've all been genetically modified different ways. They have right. job insecurity because Orange 66 happened and the Republic don't, doesn't need clones anymore. Yeah, pretty much. That's the bad, bad show. Let's see. Okay. This one is a little vague, but I think I think you'll get it. It's a, it's a piece of media that you've, you've expressed enthusiasm for in the past. So here's hoping. A kid gets an internship to spy on the police. I already he ends up destroying his friend's dad's business 
and putting his so-called aunt's small business in jeopardy. I already know this one. This is great. Star Wars Resistance Season 1. Aunt Z, the most underrated character. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, I, I as, soon as, as soon as I heard a kid gets an internship to spy, you that's, know? that's Kaz. That's yeah, Kaz that's right Kaz. there. I and, love yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> and with Tora and her father. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Star Wars Resistance. If you haven't watched it, go, 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 go. Because it's really good. Um, anyway, that's going to be it for this episode of Star Wars in a Galaxy. Um, next episode, I'm not going to say next week, because our next episode is indeed not next week. Our next episode, so we're releasing this episode. Let me pull up our timeline. We're recording this episode the Saturday before releasing it, um, as we always do. The, the episode we're, uh, we're, is being released on February 3rd. On February 7th, so four days after this one, but three days before our next episode, we're releasing a 35-minute special episode um, to celebrate Star Wars Podcast Day. You can find all the information about that at, at Star Wars Pod Day on Twitter. Um, it's run by Daniel from Now This Is Podcasting, which is a great website that features Star Wars podcasts. Jacob and I reacted to, what was it? It was 25 minutes of an obscure video game called Star Wars Starfighter. Um, it was uh, certainly something. So you get to listen to us talking about that and doing a one-quarter portion segment along with it. So you'll get a bonus episode. And then next week, our, we'll be continuing with our regularly scheduled episodes with um, Bounty Hunters, The Zillow Beast, and The Zillow Beast Strikes Back. Um, until then, uh, you can find us on Spotify, Anchor, Radio Public, Google Podcasts, anywhere you listen to podcasts, we'll be there. Follow us on Twitter at InAGalaxyPod. Follow us on Instagram at Star Wars in a Galaxy. Um, leave a rating and five star rating and review. Uh, it really does help if you are on a service that does that. Um, subscribe to us on YouTube, Star Wars in a Galaxy. And I think that is it. Unless there's anything else, Jacob, I think it's time to say, May the Force be with you. Always. <laughs>